Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time of day it might be where you're listening, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. This is your fitness and faith coach, Mike Kipp, and I'd like to thank you for joining us for the Fitness and Faith Podcast. Today, I'll toss around some very scary words, atrophy, atrophied, and atrophying. We'll investigate an unusual and interesting find at a major university, and we'll visit with Bob Dyer from Bob Dyer Speaks. And Bob Dyer has been speaking about Christian relationships for about 30 years. Atrophy, atrophied, atrophying. Yep, when our bodies are not working to get better, atrophy begins to take over. The dictionary defines atrophy like this. As a noun, a wasting away of the body, degeneration, decline, or decrease caused by disuse. The verb is atrophied or atrophying, to affect with or undergo atrophy. For muscle atrophy, specifically it says, disuse atrophy occurs from a lack of physical activity. In most people, muscle atrophy is caused by not using the muscles enough. People with seated jobs, medical conditions that limit their movement, or decreased activity levels can lose muscle tone and develop atrophy. This type of atrophy can be reversed with exercise and better nutrition. Some of you are atrophied. I love that word, atrophied. You don't use your muscles enough. I'm sure you've heard, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. I spent part of my life working with an organization called Gridiron Heroes. It was time spent with young men who had sustained catastrophic spinal cord injury while playing the great sport of football. Due to paralysis, they have lost the ability to control and use their muscles. Some of you listening to this choose not to use yours. Those young men would love to use what you take for granted. Sorry to get on a little soapbox, but come on. Use that which God has blessed you with. Don't allow yourself to get atrophied. I don't think anyone listening to me right now has a difficult time wrapping their mind around the concept of physical atrophy. If you don't work the body, it falls apart. But spiritual atrophy runs amok all around us also. Remember that saying from a few sentences ago, if you don't use it, you'll lose it? Well, that goes for our spirituality as well. If we don't use our spirituality, it will atrophy. Luckily, just like muscle atrophy, spiritual atrophy can be reversed through spiritual exertion and prayer. Luckily, just like muscle atrophy, spiritual atrophy can be reversed through spiritual exertion and proper spiritual intake. Your spiritual muscles may be weak or have weakened, but they are not gone for good. Now, 
Some of us are feeling kind of good about ourselves right now. We're thinking, I'm doing all right. I've been working out and having a quiet time, going to church, Bible study. I'm non-atrophied. Beware, it is a fact that atrophy happens much easier than the building of fitness. Ever worked yourself into shape and then had a few weeks where you weren't able to exert yourself? Unbelievable how far we can fall in a short amount of time. We must be purposeful about our physical and spiritual fitness or else atrophy. God's word tells us faith without works is dead. It also says that if we know the good we ought to do, but don't do it, we sin. The message here is pretty simple. We must do something if we are going to be fit and faithful. So the question is, what are we doing? What are we doing for God's temple, our body? What are we doing to develop our spirituality? One of Newton's laws says that an object that is not in motion will not move until acted upon by something else. If we are going to move forward in our physical and spiritual fitness, we must first decide we must act. We make decisions every day that will move us towards or away from both kinds of fitness, spiritual and physical. I want to challenge you to list each day those things that you do that represent positive movement in your fitness levels. List anything that you do that you would consider a positive action in the development of your spirituality. I'm not defining that for you right now. You decide what that looks like. I'd also like to challenge you to list anything that you do which you consider positive for your physical body, God's temple. After a couple of weeks, see how you did. What will your list tell you about your levels of physical and spiritual fitness? We have a saying here at Fitness and Faith Ministries, the best exertions for you are the ones you'll actually do. Find some things you're willing to do to develop yourself physically and spiritually and do them. And don't forget to write them down. Have fun and live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. And now it's time for a little fitness and faith funny. Recently, a large university was doing some renovations on campus. Demolition crews were disturbed when they found human skeletal remains. A three-week investigation followed, which determined that the bones belonged to the university's 1939 hide-and-go-seek champion, who had, until this time, never been found. Wow, talk about atrophy.
We are blessed today to have Bob Dyer from Bob Dyer Speaks with us. And it's good that Bob Dyer speaks because it would be really difficult to do a podcast interview with someone who did not. Bob, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Michael. It's good to be with you, and it's been a long time. It has been a very long time. I was just thinking of a picture I have somewhere of you and me and Scott Woods on some little wobbly horses during a summer recreation thing probably back in the late 70s. Boy, I tell you, that, yeah, and that's, uh, that just shows God's, God's faithfulness to see us, you know, doing what we're doing, ministering and sharing the gospel and encouraging. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a great memory. It is, and I, you know, I appreciate all you've done, you did back then, and, and you've done since then. Uh, could you describe for us your ministry? Yeah, uh, what I've done, Mike, for, gosh, several years now, uh, it's, uh, it's called Bob Dyer Speaks, and pretty much it's a uh, speaking and coaching uh, ministry. I was uh, trained as a, as a therapist, as a counselor, uh, in graduate school, but really found more of a niche in just going and encouraging people through workshops, conferences, personal stuff, uh, but just about life. And, and really, the, the, the gist of it and the, the motivation is to encourage people to really live fully for Christ. And uh, this is pretty much born out of my own life because uh, growing up, I uh, wasn't a believer. I didn't become a believer until my, I guess, high school years, uh, but didn't grow up in a uh, believing home, and uh, kind of felt lost, but uh, and I see that in the world today. A lot of people just need encouragement, they need the love of Christ, they need the gospel, and just like what you're doing, uh, this is what I'm, I'm trying to do as well. Well, it, it looked like in your speaking topics, uh, a lot of it's on marriage and family, um, it, would you say that's the the bulk of it, or is it also the the work relationships? Well, it's it's primarily marriage and family because uh, in graduate school that's pretty much what I uh, uh, what I centered on. Uh, I went to Dallas Seminary for for uh, uh, for my biblical uh, training, and uh, just have a have a I guess a, a real heart for that. But I also do a lot with men's discipleship. I do a do a Bible study called Camp David. It's uh, called uh, Camp David because it's a training for men after God's heart. And I uh, have about 100 men, young and old, that, that meet for that during the fall and the uh, spring. So it's pretty much marriage, family. It's about men. Um, really, you know, I think God has blessed uh, blessed me way beyond I should have been uh, because he's allowed me to, to speak to the, these, uh, you know, the different issues and topics, and um, I'm really thankful for that. So that's pretty much, it's, it, again, it's, it's broad spectrum, but primarily it's marriage and family. And, and your journey to get there, I, I know it took you through uh, Oklahoma Baptist. I don't know if you yeah. mentioned that a while ago. Um, did you feel that, that kind of calling back then? You know, back then, it's, it's interesting because um, I think still back in college, I was still trying to figure things out, and I really... My faith journey uh, took a lot of turns because I was still, I think, like a lot of men. I was a young man. I was still trying to hold on to the reins more than God really wanted me to. And uh, matter of fact, I finally realized, you know what? He doesn't want me to have the reins at all. He just, you know, says, I'm going to point you the direction. I want you to seek my wisdom. 
you know, seek my face and just and, and, and let me take control of this. And so I was kind of, you know, still holding on. But it really wasn't until, really honestly, it wasn't until marriage that uh, God kind of, <laughs> in, in less than subtle ways, said, you know what, you need to be a faithful leader, but you need to follow me and let me do things if you want to be you know, successful. And by that, I don't mean financially. I mean successful as far as uh, for, the, for the kingdom uh, and being a leader in the home. And uh, so, again, that, that's where it kind of progressed. And then when I uh, began in a uh, practice, counseling practice, I uh, started seeing, you know, just the need to, um, to center on encouragement more than just therapy. You know, I got encouragement in the faith. So it's, it's been a long journey, but, you know, I'm just so thankful for it. What was your degree plan in uh, college? Uh, you said you hadn't figured it out yet. What were you thinking about yeah, in college? Well, yeah, it's just because what I knew, it was weird because I grew up in a very, very dysfunctional home. I really did. and um, uh, But I'd always had an interest in people and just the way they thought, you know, why they were the way they were. And so when I went to college, I uh, uh, pursued a, a degree in psychology. And at that time, I had no idea really what that meant. Um, and so as the further I went down the road, I realized that there was more training to do to do it effectively, and so I got a degree in psychology and religion uh, because at that point also I was very, very much a novice in the faith, and so I really wanted to um, not just be a, uh, you know, a counselor or a psychologist that happened to be a Christian, but I wanted to be thoroughly biblical, and so then I went on to seminary. So uh, yeah, that was the plan. Was going to psychology and then whatever that took me, but then God kind of uh, arranged things uh, to where I would be more of a, a biblical uh, voice in, in, with, with, you know, in counseling. Yeah, I've always said that it's uh, God's will is much better viewed in the rearview mirror than looking forward, because there's a lot of oh. things that happen in life, and you, you go, what in the world? And then you look back and go, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Oh, man, that is so true. I mean, that's really so much of, I think, what I find myself kind of addressing with people, especially men, a lot of times, because we will, you know, our, our um, firing, or, you know, uh, our line of thought a lot of times is, you know, fire, ready, aim, and we then we look back and go, wow, you know, I, I missed that, and, and if I had just taken time, but yeah, we kind of look behind us, we can see things, but... Uh, living in the moment of, of, you know, humility and, you know, wisdom and discernment from God, that's really where we should be. Well, I noticed one of your um, speaking topics, uh, one of your lines, I, I don't know how you divide them all up, but one of them is about wellness, stress, and faith. Um, yeah. What would you, uh, how do you think a person's level of fitness, physical fitness, might affect their relationships at home and work? You know, um, that's a great question because personally, I think we don't do uh, uh, we don't talk enough about the mind body connection, and obviously with our spiritual life. You know, we usually hear about uh, one or the other. Uh, you know, we want to be very sound in our mind, or we want to be you know very fit, and we want. And I just think that they are so interrelated. Uh, and if you pay attention at all, then you know how connected they are. And I know you know this, 
but I mean, I, I use this as an example a lot of times. I'll tell them, you know, just as an example, about your mind and your body. When you're, when you don't get enough sleep, usually we're either very grumpy or we get just kind of flaky. If we're not eating well, uh, that has an effect on our mood. So that's kind of a, a small portion of it. But I think that what I have found is, um, you know, if you're taking care of your body, which we should, uh, I mean, that's a biblical thing. I mean, when he talks about the temple of the spirit, you know, that's what he's saying. You know, our body is just that. And that's physical, that we are to take care of it. And so I think uh, it has a huge impact on a relationship, especially when you're in any kind of relationship. And it can be professional, personal. Uh, again, we're imperfect beings, but God has given us these mandates and this, this, uh, these, these things to consider and to follow to help us in our relationships. And I think they fundamentally, for me, they go back to your mind, your body, your spirit. So, again, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's really the way I look at things. Well, I think it does. You know, the spiritual fitness also, um, and of course, when we are spiritually fit and more in line with what God wants us to do, you know, obviously that's going to affect our work and family relationships as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you know, I even think that, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking now, about, you know, what am I still able to do? What, you know, what am I able to maintain? And, and I, I really believe this, Mike, that, that, um, and I'm, I'm really not trying to sound over-spiritualized or, over, you know, uh, pious, but I, I really came to a point where I believe that, you know what, uh, I've come to an age where I want to be available to God without excuse, spiritually and physically. And so while I can read the Word and I can get in the Word, uh, I also want to be available physically. I don't want to do anything that um, is going to get in the way of him saying, hey, Bob, I need you to <laughs> go to Africa. I need you to go to, you know, wherever. I need you to minister down the road. I need you to play basketball with some young men. You know, if I can, I you're, want to. You're getting to too old for that. You're getting too old for well, that. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've been told, yeah, <laughs> and I'm reminded of that every day I wake up. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's it. So I don't, you know, again, there are things that are out of our control, uh, but I just think that we have a responsibility to the temple, to, you know, our bodies, to say, you know what, God, I, I, want, I don't want to be an impediment uh, to what you want for me, for me and, and for, for your glory. You know, a while ago, you mentioned all of it being connected, the, the physical, the mind, the, the uh, spirit. And one of the things we like to talk about at, at Fitness and Faith is, um, you know, we are both physical and spiritual while we're on this planet. And, yeah. and it's not part one and part the other. It is a yeah. combination, kind of like, yeah. you know, we don't go around talking about water as being, you know, two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen, yeah. you know. Hey, I'm having yeah. my two parts of hydrogen right now <laughs> with the one part of oxygen. You know, it's a mix, and, and it's yeah. together, and it's one. And so I think the more people can, can view this human form as as one spirit you yeah. know and physical uh the better off we'll be um yeah. on a more personal note you know you're traveling around and all kinds of stuff like that um what are your favorite forms of exertion uh, how do you get a workout in every once in a while well i've uh, you know growing up just like you uh uh you know we were just gym rats 
and, uh, you know, I've played on teams and uh, team sports and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, as we've gotten older, you know, it's not like I can, it's not as easy to go down and, you know, be part of a team and at the rec center, I guess I could. But, but uh, so, and just because of life, you know, the business of life, professions, family, responsibilities. I, uh, you know, I've really, uh, gosh, years ago I became more a runner. And I, to a point of maybe uh, obsessive stuff, I uh, ran uh, some marathons uh, and half marathons and trained and uh really uh but that evolved into more of a lifestyle i had to kind of monitor that because it really became more of an obsession for me which was not healthy uh but i really found that when you do it right that's become more i want to be lifestyle with my diet with uh exercise so the thing i find most i guess uh you know beneficial to me is i walk and run about five five days a week and I do about you know four or five miles and uh, and not excessively but you know with the heat this Texas heat you know gets a little bit rough but no, that's what I found and I really love to do so uh, that's pretty much been the, 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 the stalwart in what I do physically uh, well, and you know the same question goes with spiritual exertion I mean especially when you have a wacky schedule you know where do you find time to, to create that that environment to to take in god's word uh you know and that's great because uh, you know you get to a point i think and i you know way better than i do you get to a point physically when you're when you're uh, in a routine or a discipline for, for instance whether it's working out with weights or running or walking or cycling or doing whatever where you come to a point where daily you, know, you need it you feel like you know my day is not complete without it and I think that's really the way it should be for us spiritually. I, I you know, um, I get up every morning. That just works for me. And, you know, whatever your, your thing is, but, but for me it's getting up early and, and, and getting in God's Word. It's Again, it's about a lifestyle. It is about consistency. And it's not necessarily about how much. I think people get afraid of that. Because they, 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 people ask me when I'm speaking, they say, well, how much, you know, reading should I do in a day? And I say, I don't, you know, However, you, you feel you can. Some people read five minutes. Some people read, you know, an hour. I, depending on time, depending on really where you're at in your faith, I just say not how much, as much as the quality. What are you reading? What are you getting out of it? And for me, again, the best time is early in the morning before responsibilities hit, and allows me to kind of set the day with God. And even you know, uh, in Psalm uh, five, uh, verse three, it says that. Uh, oh Lord, in the morning uh, you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you, and I watch or I wait expectantly. So that kind of sets the day for me. And that was real. That verse, uh, Psalm five three, was very instrumental for me. And so again, it's in the morning. It's getting into the to the Word. Uh, I'm a big, uh, you know, I love to study uh, verse by verse personally, and I love to do word studies because I think we we, we find out so much about what God wants to teach us. If we look at certain words that were kind of unclear, thinking, why is that word there? And man, it can speak so much more to us. So I, I kind of do that. I, I, I write notes. Uh, I write I little notebooks that I use, and I just write things, write thoughts, write prayers. Uh, but again, uh, it's, 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 but again, it's just like our fitness. It has to be a daily thing, I believe. It has to be consistent. And uh, sometimes it's about quality over quantity, but but again, um, I think a 
again, that's the connection to mind and body as well, too. Right. And, um, you know, you mentioned do it in the morning and, and I do that now too. Um, but I know when I was a younger person, the thought yeah. of doing that in the morning was just like, there's no way. I mean, yeah. you know, and so I, I tell people, you know, physically and sp- spiritually, the uh, best exertion for you is the one you'll actually do. Um, exactly. so, yeah. so yeah. whatever yeah. fits, um, you know, but now I can do the morning, but when I was a younger man, that was very, oh, no. very difficult. Yeah, you How, remember going and hitting the gym at maybe, you know, 8 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. I mean, yes. that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, what about um, when you're running? Do you do you uh, use some of that time as, as just a yeah. spiritual time for yourself? Yes. Uh, uh, probably more than anything else. I mean, uh, other than my prayer time, uh, running time, walking time, that is... Uh, such a time to, um, you know, just uh, converse, talk to God, uh, share thoughts. And, it, you know, it really is true. You know, when you're running, you know, they always talk about the runner's high or the endorphins and that kind of stuff. Well, it's true because I, I tend to think more clearly and I, I tend to become more creative when I'm running or walking about things like when I'm writing or I'm speaking or even personally about, hey, I'm trying to figure this out, God. What, you know, and so that kind of, engenders and it uh, kind of uh, puts things in light so that's been that's very beneficial to me very productive uh, and uh, and necessary for me so yeah I, I really get uh, again I'm looking forward to the physical time because again it initiates I think the the uh, emotional the, the mental and the spiritual as well right um, we call that around here at fitness faith ministries we call that exertion meditation uh, we're we're doing stuff and we're we're visiting with God at the same time. And a matter of fact, we have a a, a plan that we'll get out to people when they ask for it. Uh, but even in the weight room and counting reps, um, you know, instead of counting, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, we have different lists of things that that people can say and verses. Uh, you know, instead of counting to ten, you know, I can say. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and just just put God's word in your mind. I mean, you already know how to count, you know, might as well put something good in your mind. Um, That's right. So anyway, um, well, uh, another more personal thing. How about a Bible verse you want to share with us? Uh, You know, there's, it's funny because, uh, Sometimes I say to people, you know, they'll ask me, what's my favorite, you know, book of the Bible? And I'll say, you know, the one that I'm studying. Exactly. Or, you know, or, but sometimes for me, the verse, uh, I have a lot of favorite verses, but usually it's one that maybe has been more impactful, maybe for a season, for a time. But I guess what I've been really experiencing is Second uh, uh, Corinthians 12, 9, uh, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And to me, the telling thing in my life has been grace. Uh, God's uh, God extending that to me and then teaching me over and over and over how I am to extend that to other people. And so that has been more you know, impactful, I mean, I think recently, but for a lifetime. And so, um, anyway, I think that's probably right now my favorite verse about the grace being sufficient, that it's not about me, I can't do it in my power, that his grace will fill the cup, not me. That's awesome. And, you know, talking about different 
you know, studying different parts of the Bible or different verses come into mind. You know, I I have a Bible that I've had for a long time and, you know, I'll underline things, you know, oh, God's speaking to me through this. Well, you know, a year later, I might underline three verses right around that other verse that, and those verses didn't speak to me, you know, earlier, but bam, then, you know, later on, those verses reached out to me. So, um, it's interesting how God uses his word to speak to us. Um, how about a favorite quote? You know, I'm a coach. I I like quotes. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know what, um, a quote that I, I just love and I use all the time, uh, and I've used it more in my men's discipleship stuff and some of my talks, more in, in relationship to marriage, but it's uh, uh, poor leadership comes with a very expensive bill. Uh, because I'm telling you, I, I what I've seen, and, and you know, you can even apply that to whatever, you know, politically, I know everybody would love to use that for that, but fundamentally, in, in, you know, called as men, in uh, as believers, you know, we are to lead well. And uh, when we're not leading well, uh, relationships are affected, uh, you know, and obviously uh, there's just a, an exponential thing that goes out from there. You know, communities are affected, uh, whatever. But I just tell men all the time, if you're not leading well in the home, that stuff, that bill's going to come due. And uh, you better, you better, you know, figure it out now. Uh, how to do how to lead well how to lead more effectively as a believer uh, I love that that's a great one all right now the million dollar question yeah if you could put one thing on a t-shirt or billboard those with whom you work or to which you minister could see it every day what would it be well you know what I don't mean to sound redundant but I think that maybe that's just where I'm living right now that quote poor uh-huh. leadership comes with a very expensive bill because I see it playing out in so many areas and again I, I you know I, I know there are I just can't see God not grieving uh, for for you know the family the institution of the home and the mar- and marriage or anything and not and, and seeing how too many of us are just abdicating our um, our role uh, to be godly men not not perfect again but to be godly men to humble ourselves before him. You know, First Corinthians, what, 16, 13, 14, you know, it says be, basically uh, be a man, act like men, you know, and do everything you can in love. And so, uh, but that would be the quote. I, that's what I would love to see is, you know, poor leadership comes with a very expensive bill. And again, I'm telling you, Mike, when I speak uh, to people, when I write, it's all because uh, primarily from the mistakes that I've made, the failures I've made. So I'm not speaking as one who has figured it out, who is some sage, uh, you know, wise man. I'm telling you somebody who has lived this, and I've seen the effects of my own poor leadership, but praise God, I've got a wife that is very faithful and very, you know, committed to encourage me in the, in the faith. Well, we, we do become wise by experiencing some of our own failures, so <laughs> that, that is yeah. part of becoming wise. Um, you know, as, as I'm sure you and I both have dealt with our children and, and then think back on our younger days when, when we oh. knew it all, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, and then we found out later we didn't know it all. Yeah, um, right. So now we can probably admit that we don't know it all. So, uh, and I'm yeah. happy to. I'm happy to now. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, uh, we really appreciate you being involved with us today. How can people get in touch with you? 
Uh, it's real simple. Mike and I just appreciate people going to uh, the, my website, BobDyerSpeaks.com. It has information about me, about speaking, about stuff. I have a Twitter uh, you know, handle. It's uh, BDyer58 or 1958. I can't remember. But you can find anything else. Just go to uh, uh, Bob Dyer Speaks. Um, I'd love to hear from people. I'm, I really am all about encouragement. So if I can help you or help them or do whatever, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to. Um, and get ready to start a YouTube channel while I'll be posting uh, little videos, uh, teaching videos, real short ones, just because I don't want to wear people out. But anyway, and, and Mike, I really can't tell you how much I just uh, am happy for, you know, God using you. And just, again, it's amazing over the however many years, 40 years, I don't know, that we have, um, you know, been out of contact. But I do remember uh, just um, in a neighborhood, so to speak. And, right. And uh, just appreciate what you're doing now because it's so needed and so necessary. So, so thanks for having me and thanks for letting me be part of it. Thanks again for joining us for the Fitness and Faith Podcast. Please be sure to check out our website at fitnessandfaithministries.org where you will find valuable tools and information like our blog, exertion video links, links to healthy recipes, and more, all designed to help you find your fit. Use the contact page to send us your Fitness and Faith funny or suggest someone who would be a great Fitness and Faith interview. Please visit the partnering page to see how you can become more involved with Fitness and Faith Ministries. And remember, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith.